the station with the happy difference. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s, with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon, at 88.7 on your FM dial, and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Thomas Thurban, Frank Newton, and Julius Lenzberg all have birthday segments. We'll also hear songs about that girl, that girl, that girl, and maybe even that girl over there, and we'll bite the bullet. Last week, January 3rd, marked the birth in London, England of William Thomas Thurban, eldest of seven children born to William Thurban and Harriet Laddish. I could find very little about him. He attended Baker Street School and Malmesbury Road School in London and was known professionally as Thomas Thurban. On September 4, 1898, he married Frances Elizabeth Hepper and they had two children, Betty, born in 1915, and John Douglas in 1917. Thurban was a multi-instrumentalist and around 1900 became principal violinist of the Oxford Music Hall Orchestra. He led the organization until World War I interrupted his career. He was very interested in American music and wrote several ragtime-style pieces and even a cakewalk. In the 1920s, he wrote a series of suites exploring the music of other countries, including the Africana Suite, and the Italiana Suite. Thurban became music director of the London Coliseum in 1930 and from then on composed mainly for the accordion. He appeared in the 1931 British film Splinters in the Navy, where, no surprise, he played a band leader. Thomas Thurban died November 26, 1967 in Ewell, Surrey, UK. His popular song titles include The Whistling Bowery Boy, Kelly's Gone to Kingdom Come, and there's a silly thing to ask a policeman. One of the orchestral suites he wrote was his idea of American music titled Yankeeana. And here it is, performed by the Commodore Grand Orchestra.
There you have the English composer Thomas Thurban's idea of American music, his orchestral suite titled Yankeeana. It consists of three parts, the March, Mighty America, the Song of the Bells, a serenade, and the sketch, Arrival of the Coontown Cadets. It was performed there by the Commodore Grand Orchestra under the direction of Harry Davidson. That's from Regal Xenophone MR2129, recorded in 1936. The Commodore Grand Orchestra was formed by Joseph Muscant when the Hammersmith Cinema opened on September 14, 1929, with Harry Davidson as its organist. It's possible we'll have time for another Thurban tune at the end of the show, but regardless, you'll be hearing more from him in subsequent shows. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. On last week's show, we heard a couple of records by the That Girl Quartet. So this week, here's a set of rapidly rotating records not by those girls, but about that girl, and that one, and that one over there.
important girl, attention please, this song's for you. Each word is true, so listen please do. I love you girl, yes everyone, but you don't love me. Still you can bet, oh, I'll get you yet. Oh, I love that girl and that one too. Oh golly, if you only knew how I feel when I see women. I love that girl right over there. She makes me want to tear my hair. I'm wild, simply wild over women. I know I'm not handsome and haven't much dough. But try me in a parlor when the lights are turned down low. I love that girl and that one too. And you, and you, and you, and you. Oh, girlies, you're driving me cuckoo. Lives in room 683. Oh, gee, oh, gee, how I love that baby. Ah! So one night when she went to sleep into her room, I thought I'd peep. Oh, gee, I sure did love that baby. Ah! I looked through the transom and got a surprise. For when I saw my baby, I just opened up my eyes. She had false teeth and phony hair. Her left leg lay on a chair. Oh, gee, how I did love that baby. I love them, but gee, the fat ones make me nervous, cause they roll right off my knee. I love that girl, and that one too, and you, and you, and you, and you all girlies, you're driving me cuckoo. We haven't heard from J.C. Flippin' in a while, but there he was with a fun record, I Love That Girl, from Brunswick 4113, August 9th, 1928. I Love That Girl was written by Ronald Ross and Hugh Etkin. Etkin also wrote the music to What? No Spinach? Before that, Billy James and his orchestra as the Hollywood Dance Orchestra on Banner 6320 with That's That Girl of Mine, written by Harry Barris. The vocalist on that February 15, 1929 recording, you probably recognized as... That's right, Irving Kaufman. Back on the September 22, 2019 show, Robert King had a birthday segment, and I mentioned that he co-composed Why Did I Kiss That Girl, but I didn't play it. Well, before That's That Girl of Mine, you heard Why Did I Kiss That Girl, performed by Benny Kruger's orchestra on February 27, 1924, issued on Brunswick 2576. The vocal duo is tenor Billy Murray and baritone Ernie Hare. We started that That Girl segment with the California Ramblers, called the Varsity 8 on Cameo, and How I Love That Girl, composed by Ted Fiorito. Cameo 635 was recorded November 19, 1924, a little over a month after Eddie Cantor recorded it singing the Gus Kahn lyrics. 
Last week, January 4th, marked the birth in 1906 in Blacksburg, Virginia, of trumpeter William Frank Newton to Thomas E. Newton and Fanny Harrington. He was known professionally as Frankie Newton, but preferred to be called Frank. Frankie, or Frank Newton, died March 11, 1954, in New York City, and is buried at Rosedale and Rose Hill Cemetery in Linden, New Jersey. I know this because of a very detailed article in the July 2021 issue of the Syncopated Times, the newspaper published by Andy Sr., which explores the world of hot jazz, ragtime, and swing. In the interest of playing as much music as possible, I'm going to refer you to the article which was written by Steve Provisor, and he says no one in jazz lived a life quite like Frank Newton. You can read the article by going to the website, syncopatedtimes.com, and clicking on Past Issues. But I encourage you to subscribe in order to receive all of the features, columns, reviews, and news, and support this unique periodical. The website, once again, is syncopatedtimes.com. Frankie Newton's most productive period was between 1936 and 1939, when he appeared on scores of records as a sideman, but also as leader, as in these three examples.
Hot Stuff, Frankie Newton and his Uptown Serenaders, with a Frankie Newton original, The Britwood Stomp, from Variety 571, April 15, 1937. Before that, Daybreak Blues. That was Frankie Newton and his quintet, the quintet being Albert Ammons on piano, Teddy Bunn on guitar, and Big Sid Catlett playing the drums on April 7, 1939. That was one of the first recordings on the Blue Note label. Blue Note Records was founded by Alfred Lyon, who had fled Nazi Germany and arrived in the U.S. just a few years earlier. Frankie and the Uptown Serenaders started the set, this time with a vocal by Clarence Palmer of You Showed Me the Way, written by Chick Webb, Teddy McRae, Ella Fitzgerald, and Bud Green in 1937. Variety number 518 was recorded March 5th of that year. I'm Glenn Robinson, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online, at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories, including TuneIn Radio and Spotify. Another artist getting his first birthday salute on tonight's show is Julius Lenzberg, with an E, born January 3, 1877, or 1878, in Baltimore, Maryland, the youngest of nine children born to Henry Lenzberg, a cigar packer, and Julius Stern. Referring to himself as Jules, he studied music theory and played violin and piano. His first compositions were the Schottische Clifton and Bell's Academy March in 1894. He played at Bell's Academy and Weber and Fields Vaudeville Club, and in 1897 at age 19, took out ads in music trade papers for his services as an arranger. On April 24, 1900, the Baltimore Sun announced that local music publisher P.J. Lambert had just issued a new composition by Julius Lenzberg, a cakewalk and two-step titled Hannah from Alabama. Over the next decade, he worked primarily as a musician. In January of 1904, Lenzberg married Ella Thomas in Manhattan, and they settled in New York City. Lenzberg's most productive time as a composer began around 1910, but he continued to work as a band leader at the Colonial Theater and leading his own group called the Harmonists. B.F. Keith's Riverside Theater, located at Broadway and 96th, opened on Christmas Day, 1916, with Lenzberg's orchestra performing the Riverside March, written by Lenzberg, specifically for the occasion. Julius Lenzberg and his Riverside Orchestra recorded a number of sides for Edison and later the Bell, OK, and Banner labels. On and off for much of 1921, Lenzberg's ten-piece orchestra appeared at Mealy's Auditorium in Allentown, Pennsylvania. It was owned by Professor William J. Mealy, known as the Dancing Master. He opened the 15,000-square-foot ballroom on September 7, 1910, for dances and indoor band concerts. It operated until 1940, when it was converted into a roller rink. That lasted until 1954 when it became a garment warehouse and was torn down in 1961. Lindsberg's last recordings were made in 1922, but he continued live performances through the 1930s, 
then moving into theatrical management with the Select Operating Corporation around 1940. He retired in the late 1940s and died April 24, 1956, at age 78. Here are three from Julius Lenzberg.
We'll begin our birthday salute to Julius Lenzberg with two from Lenzberg's Riverside Orchestra. First was Stolen Kisses, written by Francis Wheeler and Ted Snyder, from Paramount 20071 in July of 1921. Then a few months later in November, Wabash Blues by Dave Ringel and Fred Menken on Banner 1000. Last week, Charles Prince had a birthday segment, and we finished up this segment with Prince's band playing Rag A Minor. That's from Columbia A2499, November 13, 1917. So what does that have to do with Julius Lenzberg? Well, he wrote Rag A Minor, R-A-G hyphen A hyphen M-I-N-O-R. You'll remember that back on the December 25th show, I was playing with fire and played a fire laddie just like my daddy, co-written by Johnny Tucker. Well, it was pointed out to me that A Fire Laddie Just Like My Daddy was written specifically for the 1923 silent film The Third Alarm, described as the motion picture sensation of the century. Johnny Tucker had been an officer in the NYFD for several years and also played both trombone and piano for the Fireman's Quartet. Part of the plot of The Third Alarm involves the transition from horse-drawn to motorized fire engines, and the equine star of the third alarm is Bullet, the fire horse, who had been forced into retirement. Bullet hams it up pretty good in the movie, so Rich suggested a Bullet segment. Now, there aren't a lot of vintage tunes about bullets, but I did manage to cobble this segment together. Here's Sousa's band. Thank you. 
We started off this bullet segment with Sousa's band, conducted by Joseph Pasternak, playing the March King's tune, Bullets and Bayonets, on October 2nd, 1919, from Victor 18752. Because I couldn't find any other bullet records, we went from Bullets and Bayonets to Highlanders Fix Bayonets. That was baritone Edward Hamilton singing William Pitt's lyrics to Jeffrey O'Hara's tune. Victor 17775 was waxed January 29, 1915. Cannonballs are to cannons what bullets are to guns, so we finished up with Jelly Roll Morton and his Red Hot Peppers with Cannonball Blues. That was recorded in the Webster Hotel, Chicago, Illinois, on December 16, 1926, and issued on Victor 20431. Cannonball Blues was written by the trio of Charles Ryder, Jelly Roll Morton, and Marty Bloom. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had even half as much fun as I did, then I had at least twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶ 